Well, good morning, church. How's everyone doing this morning? Good? Okay, some of you guys are awake. It's good to see each of you here, and I am so glad that you are with us. This is going to be a great service today, but before we jump into the message, we want to do something. We want to celebrate some people in the room, and as many of you may know, tomorrow is Veterans Day. It's not just another day on the holiday calendar, but this is a day to honor those um, that are serving, those that are actively serving, and those that have served in the past in our armed forces. And so I want to ask you to stand. If you're a part of the military, if you've served any of, any of our armed forces in the past or presently, would you go ahead and stand up? We have a few in the room. Thank you, guys. Can we give them a big hand? And you guys can be seated. And I just want you to know, this week I was just thinking about this of, hey, what we're doing in this room this morning, just this simple act of being able to come together and worship. There are many countries that don't have this freedom. And those of you that just stood, we honor you because you paid for that. And you gave of your time, you gave of your energy, you sacrificed. And we just want to let you know, we appreciate you. And church, I want to encourage you to pray for those that are serving and to pray for those that have served. Um, many of us, we have family members and friends that are still currently in other parts of the world or here in the United States, and they're serving in different ways. And we want to lift them up and pray for them and let them know that we appreciate the freedom that they have paid for for us and what we're allowed to do. And so we want to honor those. I want to remind you um, to make that a part of your weekend and tomorrow in celebrating Veterans Day. And this, today we are continuing in this series called, I Love My Church. And so we started this last week talking about what the church is and what it looks like. And we said, hey, the church is not a building. It's not a time of the week. It doesn't have to do with this physical structure. But each one of us, we are the church. When Jesus is talking about the church, he's talking about you. He's talking about me. We are what God was dreaming of. So we're going to make this a little interactive this morning. Just turn to a person sitting around you and look at them and say, you are the church. Because I want you to realize that as we're talking this morning, you are the church. You're what God was speaking about in scripture when he talks about the church, when he says, hey, I love the church. You're what he was speaking about. You're what he was dreaming about. And so you are close to the heart of God. And so last week, we just started the conversation by realizing that, hey, Jesus loves the church because he loves you and he loves me. And that's what he means when he's speaking of the church. God is thinking about you and he's not some God that is distant off in heaven. He is present and he is real right here in our lives. So there's something powerful that happens when we get together in this room. There's something exciting about coming together with each and every one of you. I look forward to this time because I know I'm going to get to be around you and I know you are who Jesus loves. And so we started with that last week. Who is the church? And we realized, hey, we're the church. And so this week, in the next few weeks, we want to look at, okay, what does that mean? If you're the church, if you're what Jesus was talking about, what does that mean for our lives? How does that change the way that I'm going to live this week? How does that change my actions and, and how I treat other people? And so we want to spend the next few weeks looking at this idea of, okay, then what should the church do? What does that mean that we're a part of the church? How should we live? And what is God's purpose in our life? You know, just thinking about this, I thought there's, once again, a lot of different thoughts. If I were to go around this room and ask you, hey, what's the church supposed to do? There's probably a lot of things that you could come up with. And as going through and just kind of looking and thinking about what God's called the church to do, I realized, hey, we've missed it in a lot of ways. 
Matter of fact, some of you in this room, you've probably been a part of a church that has missed God's true purpose and God's plan for what he's called him to live out. As a young man, I was studying to become a pastor and had to go to Bible school. And one of the classes that I took, it was actually church history. And just reading through decades and centuries over the past 2,000 years, the church has missed it a lot of times. And there were times and there were seasons in the life of the church where we as people, we missed what God had called us to do. And there were moments where the church thought, hey, our whole goal is to gain political power. And you read through history. You may remember history classes of going through this where the church became this dominant world force, but they were forcing people to become Christians. And they even killed, they even used the sword to say, hey, everyone in the world at this point will follow after Jesus. And that was never the heart of God. You guys, that's us missing God's plan for our life. There were moments when the church thought, hey, the most important thing is just getting more and more possessions. And so you read in ancient times where the church was getting lots of land. They were building these giant cathedrals. There were massive gold statues. They had accumulated lots of wealth and people were walking in the door that were starving, that were hurting, that didn't have proper physical needs met. And yet the church is sitting on money. And I have to think in that moment, God, that's not what you dreamed of for us. God, that wasn't your plan. There were moments where the church thought, hey, our whole idea, our whole goal is just to be religious and to be righteous. And so what we're going to do is we're going to separate ourselves from everything in the world around us, and we're going to create these utopian societies. And we won't let the outside get in, and we won't talk to anyone out there, and we'll kind of do our own thing. And they tried to isolate themselves because they thought that's what God wanted. And that's not God's plan for the church. God didn't save you just so that you could experience the love of God. God did something in your life so it would change the world around you. And so we want to look this morning at, God, what is your plan? What is your purpose for us as the church? What is it that you're calling us to in this idea that we are meant to spread what it is that God is doing? And so if you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn to Acts chapter 4, and we're going to start reading at verse 13. If you didn't bring a Bible with you, that's okay. There's a Bible in the seat in front of you. And you can turn to page 532 of that blue Bible. You can reach over and grab one of those. And I want to encourage everyone to open up God's word. Even if you just have to take out your smartphone and Google Acts chapter 413, you will get there. And we want to read about what God is saying. Now, if you've never read the book of Acts, the book of Acts is actually a story of the church starting. And it's the work of God's spirit in the church, in the early church, among the followers of Christ. And it starts just a few weeks after the death and resurrection of Jesus. So it starts right at the time of Jesus being raised from the dead and ascending back into heaven all the way to decades after the time of Christ. And where the church was growing and it was spreading and it was going into other parts of the world at this point. And so we get a great picture of what the church was as it started and what God is speaking. And so in Acts chapter 4, the followers of Christ, the early church, had been doing just what Jesus was doing. They were preaching, so they were spreading the gospel, sharing the love of Christ. They were praying for the sick. And blind eyes were being opened, people that were lame, they were walking, and it started to disrupt the religious leaders of their time. And this is where we pick up the conversation in Acts chapter 4, verse 13, it says this. Now when they, this is talking about the religious people, saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated, common men, and they were astonished. Go ahead and pause right there 
for a quick second. This is what the early church was. It was not the religious elite. So if you're here this morning saying, I don't have a Bible scholarship, Aaron, I'm not an academic person. That's okay. You're just like the early church. They were just common individuals that had been with Jesus. And when people saw the way they were living, they were astonished. But seeing that these men healed the person that was standing beside them, the religious people had nothing to say in opposition. And when they commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another saying, what shall we do with these men? For a notable sign has been performed through them that is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem and we can't deny it. But in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in his name. So they called them and they charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. How do they respond? We can't help but talking about this. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to just highlight that because that's the thought that I wanted to sit on today. We can't help but speak of what we've seen and heard. We've got to tell other people about what God is doing. We have to tell others of what is taking place. This is how the early church has started. This is how the message of the good news is spread is they're saying, hey, we've seen God working. We've seen God doing things and we have to talk to other people about it. And I want you to think about that. If you love the church, if you love what Jesus is doing, you have to share it with other people. You have to talk to other people about it. There's this passion inside of your life where you're saying, hey, we can't stop talking about it. We can't stop talking about what Christ has done. We can't stop talking about the love of God that's present in our life. We can't stop talking about the work that we see Jesus doing, not only in my life, but in everyone's life around me. We're seeing God work. We're seeing God do amazing things. And so the early church is saying, hey, this is the natural thing. This is just what's natural is we're going to speak to other people about it. We're going to tell other people about it because they were in love with what Jesus was doing. We can't help but talk about it. And so how do you get to that point? Why was that passion there in their lives? Why did the early church, why were they so passionate about spreading this? It's because it was passionate and it was near to the heart of God. What's one of the last things that Jesus tells the disciples? Guys may remember this. He looks at them and he says, hey, go into all the world and spread this good news. Preach the gospel. Tell everyone you come in contact with that they don't have to live in the brokenness of their sin. Tell everyone that you come in contact with that there is a God who loves them, who wants a relationship with them, who wants to be near to them. Tell everyone that you see that it doesn't matter what their past has been like, that I love them and that I am a good heavenly father and I want to be close to them. This was the good news he told them. Go teach them to obey everything that I've said. Go share with them my love. This was the heartbeat of God. It was close to God's heart. And so it was close to the heart of the early church. You guys, this should be something that's close to our heart, that we can't help but talk about what God is doing because he's at work inside of us, because we see him at work in the lives of others around us, of other people that God has put us close to, that we have to share. We can't stop talking about this. And so it should break our heart. When we read statistics that say, hey, after 2,000 years of the church doing this, that there's still 48% of the world that have never heard the name of Jesus. 
they don't have a chance to accept or reject him because they don't even know the good news that we have a chance to come in here and experience every week. That 48% of the world, that if they were to die right now, they would spend eternity separated from God because they don't know the truth that God has sent his son, that he loved them enough. He sacrificed himself to come so that he could be in relationship with him. And you guys, if this isn't what our life looks like that we're sharing and that we're spreading this, we're missing the heartbeat of God. Matter of fact, after a few decades, the church started saying, God, when are you going to come back? Lord, this world is so bad. They lived in a time where they were being persecuted, where people were not happy about the church, and they just kept on saying, God, when are you going to come back? And this guy named Peter, who we just read about, writes a letter to the church, and he said, hey, God's not up in heaven being lazy. God's not slow. He's patient. And he hasn't come back yet because he wants everyone to come to repentance. He doesn't want anyone to miss out on eternal life. If you're wondering, why hasn't God come back in these 2,000 years? He's still waiting. His desire is that everyone would come into a relationship with him. That's how big his heart is. That's how big his love is. This is close to the heart of God. It should be close to your heart. It should be close to my heart that we cannot stop talking about what we have seen God do, about what we have heard, what we're witnessing in our lives, how God has changed and transformed us. Why can't we stop talking about it? Because God's passionate about this, about restoring people into relationship with him. And so this is a part of our conversation. We can't stop talking about this. Why? Because the world needs a better picture of the church. You guys, our world desperately needs a better picture of what it means to follow Christ and of what it means to be the church. Because so many times, this is the only image that the world has of what it means to be a Christian. Have you guys seen this, The Simpsons? Okay, everyone's afraid to admit they watch this, okay? But this is Ned Flanders. If you've never watched this, this guy is the most awkward backward, weird guy in the television show, right? Everyone else kind of seems normal, that they're having fun, and you're just thinking, this is the odd man out. And it's not only this show, it doesn't matter what show you turn on. When you see a Christian, they're hypocritical, they're judgmental, they hate living life, they're mad at everyone else around them, they're living in fear. It's like they're the person that no one else wants to be like and no one else wants to be around, and that's what your coworkers think of when they think of the church. That's what your family members, students, when you walk into school, that's what people are picturing in their mind. We need to continue to talk about this. We need to share the love of Christ because the world needs a better picture of what it means to be the church. And I saw this this week. My brother sent this to me, and he didn't even know I was going to share this message. And when I saw this, my heart just broke. Now, I'm going to show this to you. This is a news clip from a couple of years ago. And when you first see it, you may think, wait, but isn't that sharing the love of Christ? But I'm going to explain to you what we're seeing in this and how we desperately need a better picture of the church. Watch this Celebrate clip right here. The seven Texas Muslim Capital Day. We are honored. Thank you.
You guys, so I just sat in my office and I just cried. Because that is not what Jesus wants the church to look like. And that broke my heart because now everyone that sees that, that's an image that they have of the church. That as the church, we're full of hatred. That we're disrespectful to other people. That we're not aware of how we should act and how we should converse in society and with people around us. Now, I want you to hear this this morning. Jesus challenges us to share the good news of the gospel. But did that seem like good news to anyone that was present there? It does not, church. And I want you to hear me. I don't want you walking out of here thinking, what's Pastor Aaron saying? I believe the truth of the Bible. I believe that God's word is very clear that you only come to God through one person, and that is through Jesus Christ. That God gave his son as a sacrifice so that we could be in a right relationship with him. I believe that's the truth of God's word. I do not believe that is what it should look like to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And yet that is what so many people think of when they think of the church. And you guys, we can't stop talking about this because we need a better picture of what it means to be a Christ follower, of what it means to be the church, of what it means to love those that may not agree with us, to love people that may think differently than us. We need a better image of what it means to follow after God to the world around us. You and I, we carry that responsibility of spreading the love of Christ so that the world gets a beautiful picture of the love of God, the grace of God, the compassion of God, and how this is a heavenly father who wants a relationship with people around him. You guys, this is the call that we have as a church. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but the question I have for you this morning is, how closely does your life resemble the early church? If someone were to describe you, would they say that, hey, that's someone, they just can't stop talking about the love of God. Like you get around them too long and it's going to come up in the conversation. You get near them for too long. You look at their lives and you have to think, man, that's someone, they're not like everyone else around them. There's something different about them. They realize they may not even have the words for it, but they're saying, hey, you're the church. You're what it should look like to be a Christ follower. Is that what your life looks like? Are you someone that's saying, hey, I love the church. I love what God is doing. And so I can't stop talking about what's taking place. We need a better picture of what it is to be the church to the world around us so that Christ becomes desirable again to the world. You know what else? We're called to be the church. We love the church and we can't stop talking about it. Why? Because when you love something, you share it. Just stop and think about that. When you really love something, you share it, don't you? It naturally comes out in the conversation. If you love someone, you, wanna, you want other people to know about that. I love this time of year because I know this, that I can go to Walmart at about 1020 tonight. And up and down the Walmart aisles, there are guys lined up with Cowboys jerseys, right? And they're buying stuff. And it's amazing to see what will happen. Guys who never really talk to each other about anything else, they'll begin to yell, did you see that pass? Man, we almost had that, that sack. We were right there. The ref blew that call right there, shouting up and down the aisle. Why? Because they love the Cowboys. Now, there may be the question, should they love the Cowboys? That doesn't matter. They do love the Dallas Cowboys. It doesn't matter how good the team is doing. They're connecting. Why? Because they love that team. They love them, and they want to share with other people what's happening. They want to share that love and have those conversations. Why? Because when you love something, you share it. You share it. 
And we see this as you begin to read through the book of Acts. This is what was going on in the heart of the early church. They had fallen in love with Jesus. They had fallen in love with people that God had put around them, the working of God in the church, and they couldn't help but talk about it. So you go to Acts chapter 5, and you see, hey, they're sharing, they're talking about what they've seen and what they've heard, and that people are being added to the church. People are coming in. They want to know what all of this is about. You go to Acts chapter 8, and this guy Philip's just walking down the road, and he sees this other guy with the Bible open, and he goes up to him, and he begins to tell him about the love of Christ and explain the scriptures to him, and he back baptizes them right there over and over again. Peter in Cornelius's house, Paul going to other parts of the world to share the gospel. They have fallen in love with Jesus. They're in love with what God is doing in the church and they can't help but tell other people about it. Why? Because when you love something, you share it. Now I realize there are those of you in this room and, and you may say something like this, Aaron, I, you know my relationship with God, that's kind of a personal thing. And I don't know how I feel about sharing personal stuff. Like, man, that, that may be awkward to have a conversation. Maybe you would think, hey, I'm more of a private person. I'm an introvert. I'm kind of shy. And we use these conversations as maybe roadblocks. Why I would never tell someone else about what God is doing in my life or, or, or share with someone else. But just stop and think what kind of culture we live in. Because we share everything with everyone, don't we? Hey, you may not want to know it, but I'm going to tell you what I had for dinner last night, okay? Look at this pasta. Look at this steak. Look at this chicken. Just bought a new outfit. Hey, I want to share that with everyone, right? It doesn't matter, right? Uh, my family, my kids, I, I'll bring you into any situation in my life. I want to share this stuff with you because I like it or I love it or whatever I would say. I, I, I put it out there. And yet the sad thing is many of us, statistics would say 85 percent of us in this room of the church have never once shared their faith with another individual. 85% of us who say we love Jesus, we love the local church, we love what God is doing in people's lives around us, we've never stopped to have a conversation with someone else that may be hurting, that may be broken. And the question has to be asked, if we're never talking about this, if we're never sharing it, has that love died in our hearts? Has that not been alive inside of us? Have we let that love kind of fade away for the church, for Jesus, for what God is doing? Because we know this, when you love something, you're gonna share it. You're gonna look for opportunities to talk to other people about that. You're gonna express what God is doing in your life and what God wants to do in the lives of others. Whenever you love something, you want to express that to other people. And I was... with with some other pastors, and I won't say their names because they may be watching this, this week and in the course of this conversation when we were together, they started complaining about their church. And they started talking about how frustrating people were. And I wanted to stop them and think, say, man, why are you even doing this? Because I want you guys to know as your pastor, I love you. I talk about you behind your backs without you knowing. It's all good things. But I want you to know wherever I go, I'm sharing with other people what God is doing in your life. 
I'm amazed that I get to be a part of a church where people in this church are so generous that they'll give what God has called them to give, that I get to be a part of a church where you guys love people and you'll give of your time and you'll go to downtown Dallas and you'll serve homeless people and you'll work in elementary schools and you'll love on people that are broken and that are hurting. You'll open up your home and you'll invite others in and you'll host groups. I love you guys. And so I can't stop talking about you, your faith that when you're going through difficult times, that you're still praying and that you're still connecting with God, that every week you're faithful to come in here and you're saying, I want to be around other people and I want to worship. Man, I talk about you because I love you. I love what God is doing in this place. And I want other people to know that. I want other people to come in here and experience what God is doing here. Why? Because when you love something, you're going to share it. You're going to share it, church. That's God's calling over our life, that as his church, that we're spreading this good news that he has given us with those that God has placed around us. Let me give you one more thought, and then we're going to practice this together this morning. I was thinking about this, just reading through the book of Acts, looking at this pattern, and there was just this passion in the life of the early church. I mean, they were just excited about this, and not just weeks after the death and resurrection of Jesus, we're talking decades And this is still alive inside of them. And I was just praying and reading and thinking, okay, God, how does that happen? And it's because of this, they kept telling it. And I started to think about this. When you retell something, you relive it. When you retell something, you relive it. When you start to get something inside of you and you speak about it over and over again, it's like you're there. That memory brings it back around and you start to tell that. And all of a sudden you begin to relive that. Let me show you an example of this. This week, I was at Sophie and my daughter's open house. And you guys may have seen that video online. I was doing the line dancing thing. And we got to go in her classroom. And I'm looking at some of her projects, like an art project. And there's a math project. And so I was like, oh, this is the homework you're doing. And she's like, yeah. And I looked and I thought, that's kind of silly. Because on the paper, there were these math problems. They were all exactly the same, just mixed up. So it said four times six equals... There you guys. Okay, some of you are awake. Four times six equals 24. And the next problem, it said six times four equals. Yep, you guys are getting it. Then the next problem said four plus four plus four plus four plus four plus four equals. Six plus six plus six plus six equals. And I thought, this is so easy. You just look at the problem ahead, right? You just look at that and you've got the same answer. But why does the teacher do that? It's because when you repeat something enough, it gets inside of you. It's like second nature. So church, tell me what happens with your faith when day after day, week after week, you're telling of the goodness of God. You're telling of God's faithfulness. You're telling, hey, man, I was addicted. I was broken. My life was messed up by sin, but God came in and he saved me. Hey, my life was a mess. I was all alone. I was isolated. I didn't feel like I had anyone else, but I got it plugged into a church family and people loved me and people welcomed me. What happens? It becomes alive inside of you. You start to retell it over and over again and it's alive. And all of a sudden the resurrection, the power of Christ, it's not something from thousands of years ago. It's something that's present right here today. 
Why does the early church have that passion? Because they never stop telling of the goodness of God. How do you keep this alive inside of your life? You tell it over and over and over and over again about the faithfulness of God, about the love of God. You keep it alive inside of you because you're sharing it with other people around you. You retell it, you relive it, and Christ is alive inside of our lives. Church, I love my church and I can't stop talking about it. I can't stop talking about the goodness of God that I see present in so many of your lives. And I want us to become a church where we're sharing this with other people. I don't ever want us to be a church that have said, God, we've accepted your salvation. God, we realize you love us. And now we're just comfortable to kind of make it through life. That's not the kind of church we want to be. We want to take this love of Christ. We want to take what God is doing even in this place. And we want to spread that with other people. And so,